I'm Justin Steeler with Steeler Ranch in Kerrville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thank you so much for taking time to join me for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we're getting a new beef packing plant in Texas. We knew it was a possibility, but we got the official word from the governor's office on Wednesday. Governor Abbott announcing that producer-owned beef will build a new processing plant in Amarillo. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. There are more and more signs of the pressure Texas High Plains farmers face due to declining water sources. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about one prime example on Texas Ag Today. The Central Texas drought and excessive triple-digit temperatures are forcing livestock producers to sell off their cattle in record numbers. I'm Tom Nicoletti. I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. Texas farmland and ranch land is under threat. A new report by American Farmland Trust says the state's best agricultural land is in the target. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. A new packing plant coming to Texas. Governor Greg Abbott announcing Wednesday that producer-owned beef LLC will create a new beef processing plant in Amarillo. The plant will harvest 3,000 cattle per day and sell beef and beef byproducts both in and out of Texas. The new facility will allow Texas cattle producers to access the value chain and keep hundreds of millions of dollars in the state. The project will create more than 1,500 new jobs and generate $670 million in capital investment. A Texas Enterprise Fund grant of $12.2 million has been extended to the plant. In addition, a veteran-created job bonus of $8,000 has been offered. Governor Abbott says producer-owned beef's selection of Amarillo for its new beef processing plant further reinforces the panhandle as a leader in U.S. beef and beef production. July turned out to be nationally the third hottest ever. And here in Texas, the number one cotton-producing state in the nation, it was the hottest July ever and the fifth driest July on record. And it's certainly showing in the cotton conditions. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, who says cotton condition ratings are falling fast. Just 31% of the cotton rated good to excellent, 34% very poor to poor on August 7th. That's a big drop from last week's 38% good to excellent and 28% very poor to poor. That's a big difference from last year when 65% of the nation's cotton crop was rated good to excellent. 
Here in Texas, our crop ratings shape up like this this week. 14% of the cotton now rated good to excellent, 38% fair, and almost half, 48% of the Texas cotton crop now rated poor to very poor. The cotton that is alive is developing well ahead of schedule, with 63% of the crop setting bowls and 94% squaring. There are more and more signs of the pressure that High Plains agriculture is facing due to declining water sources. James Hunt has one prime example. As is well known, access to water is a major challenge for farmers in our region. While the dilemma has certainly been magnified in this year of deep drought conditions, farmers are dealing with declining irrigation capacity on an ongoing basis. This season, we're seeing more and more fields that used to be devoted to corn now sharing space with other crops. Here's Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell. There is no longer the irrigation capacity for this continuous acreage corn that we used to have 10 to 15 years ago. And so producers are having to concentrate that water on reduced acreage. So more than likely they have one very well irrigated pivot of corn and then they have several pivots of cotton or sorghum that are irrigated at a lower rate. And so... What we've seen is a displacement of acres, and maybe displacement's a harsh term, but definitely a shift in our cropping paradigms. We're seeing how producers are adapting. Of course, we've talked about how producers are able to use cotton in a corn rotation because cotton is that drought and heat tolerant alternative that allows them to have more flexibility with water. But even as we look at grain sorghum, we're seeing both of those crops that what we might have producers only plant on their dryland acres becoming probably more prevalent on some of these irrigated acres due to lower well capacities. Once again, that was AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell. Now here's a quick calendar note. The Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour is coming up August 30th in Canyon. Contact the Extension Office in Randall County for more details. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The excessive drought and record temperatures are causing Central Texas ranchers to sell cattle in record numbers. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Central Texas Extension agent for an update. Dr. Shane McClellan joins us now from Waco. And uh, Shane, certainly the drought uh, across Central Texas is quite evident in the pastures and the crop fields uh, in the region. Uh, According to the latest uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, crop progress report, they're showing topsoil moisture and subsoil moisture for the blacklands in central Texas, very short to short uh, in both categories, uh, adding up to almost 100%. So uh, certainly uh, that's indicative of the fact that cattle ranchers are selling off their cattle because uh, their pastures are dry. Yeah, it's really large liquidation across just Texas in general, as people have been expecting some better calf prices this fall with normal weather. And then now they're having to sell cows and selling good young cows that they would normally want to keep just because they're running out of, of grass and water. Honestly, I think this this 2022 drought for Central Texas is going to be much worse than 2011, just because in 2010, we did have some rain in the fall. Before 2022 and that fall of 2021, we were really dry and we just haven't had any large rains catch, you know, running water kind of rains to fill up stock tanks since, gosh, maybe July of last year. So we're in pretty bad shape right now. Yes. And combine that with the uh, 
continuous triple-digit temperatures and uh, heat indexes uh, across uh, uh, the region. Uh, Certainly not good for uh, whatever crops are still out in the field. You're correct. And that's a good point, Tom. On top of that is all the wind. It's just been extremely windy this year. And most of it is just a dry, hot south wind. And any moisture that we did receive during the year, it just dried out with that wind. A lot of our producers, they did not silage their corn, have been shelling corn. And yields will vary across the area. There's a lot of a 50 bushel corn, some less, some a little bit more, but a little better than we would expect it to be in most areas as dry as we've been. What about other crops like cotton, whatever cotton is out there? So cotton really is a dry weather type crop, and there are some areas that did get some rain um, early June, and it's kind of holding on, but we're at a critical stage. It's going to start kicking off squares if it hadn't already. Cotton I looked at a couple of days ago, it was holding on and looked really good for the year we're having. So certainly farmers and ranchers and uh, everybody else, for that matter, needs uh, these temperatures to drop quickly and uh, rainfall to occur almost immediately. Really do. We need both to happen. need cooler weather and uh, just a break from the the triple-digit temperatures and then some rain, and a good rain, not just a hundredth of an inch or a couple tenths. We need a three-, four-inch soaking rain. That would sure help. It would go a long way for landscape plants, for stock water. Um, We're going to need some bigger-type rains to to catch some water and to help plants with that soil profile. I'm kind of afraid that some of our hay fields are going to be permanently damaged. Uh, I know some some hay fields that have coastal on them look okay, but if we, we keep going in the fall. If we don't get rain, there'll be some of those coastal fields that die back. Shane, thanks a lot. Thank you, Tom. That is Dr. Shane McClellan uh, reporting for us today from Waco. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farm and ranch land is under threat. Gary Joyner tells how. A recent report by American Farmland Trust outlines what Texas farmers and ranchers already sensed. Some of our state's most productive and versatile farmland and ranch land is being lost. It's being paved over, fragmented, or compromised. AFT's research shows if current trends continue, by 2040, as many as 2.19 million acres of Texas farmland and ranch land may be converted. That is the equivalent of losing 11,904 farms, $479 million in farm output, and 26,221 jobs based on county averages. AFT says 73% of the conversion will occur on the state's best agricultural land. The highest threatened areas are those properties surrounding metro areas. Think Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, and other metro areas across the state. It continues a national trend. From 2001 to 2016, the U.S. lost or compromised 2,000 acres of farmland and ranch land every day. And the trend could accelerate further. High housing prices in metro areas, new opportunities for remote work, and estate settlements of farmland owners are all contributing to higher losses of productive land. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. New Year hunting and fishing licenses go on sale soon. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the pork industry is facing a challenge. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. 
And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The pork industry is facing a challenge. Dr. Bob Judd tells us exactly what that challenge is. The challenge is prevention of residues and physical hazards in the meat, such as broken needles. Broken needles are a major concern in the pork industry, and prevention is the key. One common cause of broken needles is using a bent needle. We have all likely used bent needles when working livestock by straightening them, but once a needle is bent, it is highly likely to break, so always get a new needle. Also, using the wrong size or gauge of needle for the size of the animal and improper sight of administration can lead to broken needles. Maybe the most common reason for a broken needle is improper restraint of the animal, but even if the needle is not broken, it should be changed after the 20th injection. Aluminum hub needles are less likely to break than plastic hub needles, and the recommended size of the needle varies with the age and size of the animal and the route of administration. For intramuscular injections in baby pigs, you can start with 18 to 20 gauge needles that are 5 8 inch long, while the same injection in adult pigs requires a 14 to 16 gauge needle that is up to 1 and 1 half inches long. Subcutaneous injections require a much shorter needle from one-half to one inch, depending on the size of the animal. The National Pork Producers recommends tinting the skin and the elbow or flank of small pigs for subcutaneous injections so the medication is not deposited in the muscle because incorrect placement can affect the withdrawal times. In large sows, tinting the skin behind the ear is recommended for subcutaneous injections. Intramuscular injections should never be given in the rear legs and should be given just behind and below the ear. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. New hunting and fishing licenses go on sale soon. Jessica Domo has the details in today's wildlife report. The time of year that many of us have been waiting for is just a few days away. New Year hunting and fishing licenses officially go on sale Monday, August 15th, signaling that we're one step closer to the start of dove and deer hunting seasons. Mike Hobson, license manager for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says hunters can buy their licenses online or at hundreds of retailers statewide. Everything is basically the same as far as license types goes. We do have a new format in which you can get a license. We have digital license and tags this year, which is brand new. We've never done this before. We're doing a pilot program with our resident super combo, senior super combo, and lifetime super combo holders. Those individuals have the opportunity to participate in a completely digital experience, and that would involve no print license at all. Everything would be done through the mobile apps that Parks and Wildlife has, which is our outdoor annual app and our My Texas Hunt Harvest app. Those with the combo licenses that Hobson just mentioned may still opt for paper license and tags if they choose. 
Hunters and anglers can now use a mobile device to show proof of a hunting and fishing license for activities that do not require tagging or physical stamps. All you have to do is enter your license information in the Outdoor Annual mobile app under the Licenses section. Licenses can be purchased on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website, on the Outdoor Annual app, and on the My Texas Hunt Harvest app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw higher trade across the board on Wednesday in cattle, cotton, and grains. We'll take a look at all of those prices coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, everybody. This is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, every day on the radio, I have to report on how awful everything is in Texas agriculture right now. The heat, the drought, the markets. I just can't imagine how this is making you feel as a Texas farmer or rancher. Well, if it's getting to you, I want to ask you to give some friends of mine a call. It's called the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number, 833 833- 8972474833897 Farmers and ranchers are some of the toughest people on earth but hey we all need help sometimes if you just need somebody to talk to in these tough times give them a call 8338972474 or if you can't write it down go to farmlifehelp.com Do me a favor don't wait call them today We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Wednesday was a very positive day for the agricultural markets. We saw a higher close in livestock, cotton, and grains. So green ink across the board. We'll start with the cattle complex where August live cattle were up $1.22, $139.20. August up a dollar thirty, one forty four forty seven. December up a dollar five at one fifty oh seven. Same story on the feeder cattle. A nice recovery after that big drop on Tuesday. August feeders up a dollar eighty seven at one eighty sixty seven. September feeder cattle up two fifty, one eighty five even. October feeders up a dollar sixty at one eighty seven seventeen. Cash-fed cattle trade slow to get going this week. We're seeing asking prices mainly at 140 here in the south. Up north, asking prices in the 145 to 150 range. Packers entering this week with big inventories from last week, so they're in no hurry to jump into the market so far. Boxed beef was lower on Wednesday. Choice down $1.29 at 263.44. Select down 88 cents. 23682. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. We'll head to Cameron, Milam County. They're on the Little River. Talk to Kenny Mingus about his last Friday sale. Kenny, walk the pens with us, please. Well, we had a total of 2,387 cattle. Out of that mix, we had 612 cows and about 40 bulls. Steers under 300, 128 to 215. Three to 400 pound steers, 115 to 211. Four to 500 pound steers, 95 to 190. And over 580 to 175. On the heifers, under 300, 110 to 179. Three to 400 pound heifers, a dollar to 180. Four to 500 pound heifers, 90 to 174. And over 570 to 172. Packer cows, they had it stirred up pretty good from 35 to 90. Packer bulls, 70 to 104 and a half. On the uh, bread 
cows from 350 to 1225 and on a parish from nine and a quarter to 1375. What do we anticipate for this Friday? Well, you know, to the south of us, it showered around yesterday a little bit. Uh, we had a little rain at the house, just enough to run off the roof, you know, but that's about it. And uh, so I, you know, they're kind of through farming. They've got the maize stubble rolled up and the corn stubble rolled up. So, you know, we've got a chance of rain, I think, Wednesday and Thursday, Larry. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes in here and rains a little bit. We'll be lighter, you know, uh, just just so they can, you know, try to try to save what we can. Right. You know, if we miss the rain, I don't see what's going to slow it down a lot, you know. I understand. Uh, and that's a got, a few, got a few things on the books already, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's getting pretty pretty tough down here right now. Well, uh, keep on us swimming. I know that's probably not the right analogy since we ain't got much water in the little river, but tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. Catch us at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697. You can follow us on our webpage at MilamCountyLivestockAuction.com or catch us on Facebook. Neighbor, that's Kenny Mingus. I'm Larry Marble. He runs Milam County Livestock, and I put walking the pens together for you every day. I'll do it again tomorrow. See you then. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher on Wednesday. August hogs up five cents, one twenty-two twenty-five. October hogs up a dollar twenty-five at one hundred dollars eighty-five cents. Class three milk was mixed. The nearby August contract down a nickel twenty oh four a hundred, while September milk was up thirty-two cents at twenty nineteen a hundred weight. The cotton market closed strongly higher on Wednesday. The 6-10 to day forecast for West Texas showing above normal temperatures and normal to below normal rainfall. However, at this stage of development, traders finally figuring out that really no amount of rain is going to help many areas of West Texas. As a result, we're seeing a big run-up in cotton prices this week. October cotton up 221 points at 106.75. December cotton back above a dollar. It was up 187 points, closing at $1.94. Corn market finishing higher on a hot, dry forecast for the central and western corn belt. September corn up five and three quarters, 621 and a quarter. December corn up four and a half at 618 and a half. And a nice jump in both hard and soft wheat on Wednesday. September Kansas City wheat up 21 cents at 872 and three quarters. New crop July up 16 and a half, 875 a bushel. September Chicago wheat up 18 and a quarter, 799 and three quarters. New crop July up 14 and three quarters. 842 and three quarters. In the energy markets, September natural gas gained 38 cents Wednesday, 821. September crude oil up $1.45 at 9195 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 473 points, 33,248. The NASDAQ up 333 at 12,827. The SP up 79, 4,202. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.